This is episode 88 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Stephen Johnson. I I am spiritually awakened. Your happiness is quite important to me. And sometimes I feel like I'm meant to be the shepherd guiding you. And sometimes I feel like I need a shepherd guiding me. You think? Now today, the newly spiritually enlightened Stephen is joined by Liz, his final team member in the paper trading challenge. My goal is to win, but if I can't win, then what can I do? Now Liz is going head-to-head this March with Chris DJ Dini, who has about a 17-year trading experience head start on Liz. So today, Stephen teaches her the gap and crap strategy. Sounds delightful, right? Well, guess what? It actually is. Listen in to find out why. Better yet, watch this episode on our website, SteadyTrade.com, or find us on YouTube, because this one has a lot of charts. But first, this week in Steady Trade. Tiki from Calgary has a question for Tim. Hey, Tim. This is Tiki from Calgary. I just started my trading journey, and I'm a loyal listener of the Steady Trade podcast. I have a question for you, and I would appreciate if you could take the time to answer today. Everybody who follows the stock market must have noticed the incredible recent move of BPTH. I noticed a, to me, unknown phenomena of trade interruptions, especially during the moves with the highest momentum. Could you please explain what happens when the trade halts, as we have seen it today with BPTH? Thank you for your time and keep up the awesome work you're doing by sharing your knowledge. Peace. All right. So great, 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 great question, Tiki. And I've got some answers. I've got some resources. I've got some links. And I've also got some suggestions as well as how to. So let's set this ticker up. This is BPTH. And let me, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see my screen. If you're listening on iTunes, I'll talk you through it best I can, but know that you can always go to the Steady Trade YouTube and actually see my screen and see the chart, but not saying you have to. So BPTH a week ago, which would have been March 1st, this thing went from two to eight in one day. Then it was kind of quiet in the beginning of the week. And then on Wednesday went from roughly six or seven to 14, which I mean, huge numbers. I mean, both of those are, you know, what a 400% move, a 200% move, insane moves. We are in an incredible market these days. Uh, I won't spend that much time talking about it because I want to get to Tiki's question, but man, low float stocks reminds me we had an incredible run in low float stocks in 2016 and 2017 and really the first half of 2018. They got a little quiet for a while, but now that we've come into 2019, they are back. Um, we talk about low float stocks a lot on the podcast. It's, you know, without getting into too much detail, the, the standard rule of thumb is a stock that has less than 10 million freely tradable shares. Now, BPTH is what we would call probably a micro float stock. The, the float on this is puny, which is what creates the big moves. So now, where Tiki's question comes into play is on Thursday when BPTH gapped up in the morning at 16. So now remember, uh, uh, six days prior, last Friday to this Thursday, the stock is up uh, 800%. Well, all of a sudden, crazy volume. This thing traded on Thursday. I think it traded over a billion dollars worth of stock, but it went from... Uh, opening at 16 to a high of day of $73.52. Um, I'm too dumb to even do the math. I don't even know what percent gain that is. 16 to 73. I don't even know. Do, do the math. Let me know in the comments. I, 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 all I know is it's a ridiculous move. It reminds us of dries, uh, reminds us of, of APT. So many actually as recent as. You know, my point is these cut happen way more than you think. Look at MBOT, MB, M as in Mary BOT. That was only a month ago. And I believe it went from like two to 20 in like 24 hours, two to 20 in 24 hours. BPTH beat it 
But again, when you're talking percent gains, just ridiculous. So now BPTH makes that move and it starts halting. Okay. Um, and Tiki's question is, you know, why the, how, how to react. So I'm going to read to you from the NASDAQ's page and these links will be in the show notes. So you can go direct to the links to check them out. And actually one of the links you is a must, you should have bookmarked and it is the trade halts for NASDAQ stocks, nasdaqtrader.com forward slash trader.aspx trade halts. It'll be linked below. So it's a long link, but anyway, it will be in the show notes below. That gives you real time status of the active halts as well as when they will resume. Now, uh, BBTH was a volatility halt, which would be a basically a T5 halt. And let me read to you direct from the NASDAQ's webpage. Trading has been paused by the NASDAQ due to a 10% or more move in a security in a five-minute period. That is the letter of the rule. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a minute. I've seen stocks make these moves and not halt. This can be, um, I'm trying to think of the right term. Uh, you know, it is not always enforced. You know, really, basically somebody at the NASDAQ, and you know, I don't, I'm, I'm guessing they have an entire team. Somebody has to see these moves, has to put the halt in. I'm guessing there's probably paperwork, there's a procedure, something has to happen to halt these stocks. So while you read the letter of the rule, you might be saying, well, geez, I see 10% moves all the time and, you know, and, and, and I don't see these halts. It doesn't always happen. Now. <laughs> because sometimes it's a 10% move, maybe it's a 20% move, etc. When you see something like BPTH, it's on everybody's radar. And normally what happens, in my opinion, and this is speculation, but I, I feel competent in this opinion. Somebody's calling the NASDAQ, you know, whether it be a short seller that's stuck or whatever it is, or, a, you know, maybe a hedge fund or, or, or maybe it's just a prominent individual that is like calls them up and says, Hey, do you see what's going on with BPTH? You need to cool this thing down. Again, that's my opinion. I'm not sure if that's how the process works. I've never been inside the NASDAQ to see this, but, um, that's why sometimes you see halts and sometimes you don't. Now, then the idea is it's halted for a five-minute period. Now, sometimes these periods can be longer. I believe, again, it's up to the discretion of the exchange. They can say we're going to halt this thing even longer for whatever reason. Now, that is the definition. That is why these are halting. The idea behind this rule is... You know, the idea is it's it's to cool off the market. It's to get everybody to chill out. Now, it kind of reminds me of the PDT in that, uh, you know, there's an old saying, I use it a lot on the podcast, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think that that saying is very true with the PDT. You know, people make these rules with good intentions, but... That saying has been around, I think, for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. It applies to the PDT. It probably applies to this rule. Um, actually, a friend of the podcast, a friend of mine, Tim Gratani, I saw a tweet from him yesterday, and he said specifically, he's like, what perp, you know, nobody's more experienced or successful than Tim Gratani, probably the most successful penny stock trader ever. And he tweeted, what purpose do these volatility halts serve? Somebody tell me. So again, here's a guy that has been around the block for 10 years, made over $8 million trading penny stocks, and he's like, somebody tell me the answer to this question. And I agree with him. Because when you when these stocks are this volatile, if you're stuck short or if you're long and it skips up multiple dollars a share and it halts, I mean, everybody loses it. Everybody freaks out. Because now you can't get out of your position, whether you want to take profits or whether you want to take losses. You're stuck and you're sitting there looking at the screen panicking. So it's not a good position to be in. Um, the rule is there. It exists. 
One thing I will tell you, and, and again, a great question, Tiki, and this is where I'm going to kind of close the loop on this and, and give you some advice. If you're trading a ridiculously volatile stock, which we all love them, you know, nobody loves low float movers more than I do, but I always recommend once these stocks start halting, best thing to do is get out as quickly as you can, long or short. So as soon as it reopens, get out, take your losses, take your gains, move on. If you aren't in one of these stocks, so say you're watching BPTH and you're getting ready to trade it, once it starts halting, I tell you, please, and this is just advice, you can do with it what you will, please avoid trading it till much later in the day, the next day, etc. Because it sucks to be stuck in a halt, long or short. And what can happen, and this is what's scary, and I've been there, a lot of traders have been there, and I hope you've never been there. Once you get extreme moves like BPTH from $2 to $73 in a matter of a week, what can happen is you can get an escalated halt, like a T12 halt. And again, these halt codes will be linked in the show notes. But if you're stuck in a T12 halt or another longer term halt, you are the definition of hosed. Okay. These, and I have seen, um, one of the longest halts. I wish I could remember the ticker. It's funny because it was an automotive company actually located in Michigan. It was a pink sheet stock. They didn't even know that their stock was being manipulated, but it got halted for like a year, okay? And when a stock is halted, and this goes for whether you're long or short, you are stuck. You are trapped, okay? You cannot get out. You can't buy. You can't sell. Your buying power is tied up, okay? So if you've got a small account and you've, I mean, many of you are going to use a large percentage of your account to trade these low price stocks. It's the simple fact of trading with a small account. But if you've got a $3,000 account, you've got $2,000 worth of your buying power in a long-term halt, you can't trade that buying power. And no kicking and screaming, no yelling at the SEC, no calling your broker, no nasty emails will get you out until the exchange chooses to reopen that stock. So in summary, BPTH is amazing. We live in the greatest times in history, my friend, especially for trading low price stocks. It is so amazing out there post 2016. We had a little bit of a quiet end of 2018, but it's back. Amazing times out there. Um, big tips, bookmark the NASDAQ trade halt, uh, link so that you know when a stock will resume, um, so that you know what stocks are halted. We also have a halt monitor built into Stocks to Trade so you can see when stocks halt. And then also check out that link that explains the T1, the T2s, the T5s, and the T12s. You don't need to memorize them, but it's a good look to be versed in. And in closing, thank you for the question, Tiki. Please send us your questions. We love getting these audio questions. But I leave you with this. Once a crazy volatile stock starts halting, Please get out and just watch it, prepare for the next day, etc. It stinks being trapped in a, in, a, in a hall. Thank you for that question, Tiki. You win a mystery box. And if any of the rest of you have a question for Stephen or Tim, record yourself like Tiki did and email it to admin at steadytrade.com. Now, if we use it, you will win a mystery box, and you can be like Tiki too. Okay, maybe I really just wanted to say Tiki too. But enough of that. You are here to learn the gapping crap. So let's start gapping, and let's just, let, let's let's just start the episode right now. Welcome to the Study Trade Podcast, one of the final Paper Trader editions. We have my last comrade and. Um, Probably, probably someone that I kind of expected to be in the final because by hook or by crook, she would be there. Welcome, Liz. How's it going? Good. Thank you. How are Liz, you? Liz, I am spiritually awakened. 
Mm. Um, I've, I've just come back from Thailand. I had an absolute blast. I just got back into trading. I don't know if you saw the market today. Do you see the market? No. Yeah, uh, GEVO was like a top percent gain at 25% up. It looked like a potential short. And it, it looked like basically the setup that I'm going to try and teach you because for those in the know-how, Liz, how much are you up now? Don't worry, we'll not tell the DJ. I'm up quite a bit. She's, she's up quite a lot. However, however, in March, the rules are that you only have 25 trades. Right. And your strategy has been predominantly getting in and out really quickly. And you've got a big balance from getting out in and qu- quite quickly. But there's two things that I want to achieve in March. And I'm going to put all of me training into this session. <laughs> okay. Right? I'm ready. So I'm going to try and teach you the single pattern that I've had the most success with. Okay. And I'm going to run you through it now because you've only got 25 trades. If you scalp for those 25 trades, even though you've got a big account balance, you're not going to utilize it. You're going to be taking one, 1% gains, 2% gains, right? Mm-hmm. I need you to take 10% gains so it can beat that stupid DJ. <laughs> All right. But, but before, how's, how's life? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Because happiness is, your happiness is quite imp- important to me. And sometimes I feel like I'm meant to be the shepherd guiding you. And sometimes I feel like I need a shepherd guiding me. So how, how is the shepherd guiding you? Not, not as in me, just how's the universe guiding you? As a lamb, I feel so good. Mm-hmm. Life, life is going okay for you? Yeah, I feel happy. Happiness you feel happy? is the most important ROI. <laughs> it, it's such, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't want you to just win this. I want you to like try to come out thinking I, I at least learned one setup. So I want to at least try and teach you that in this like in this 45 minutes that we're, that we're on the air. My goal is to win, but if I can't win, then what can I do? You, you need to take something away from this. Yeah. You need I to need take to something make, away. I need to take something away so that I can make enough money so that I could just buy the program anyway. <laughs> but like you may be able to scalp your way from vic- to victory, but I don't know. I don't know how legit that is in real life. And if it is legit, I'm flying to New York and we'll do it together. All right. <laughs> but if you don't have success, then maybe we'll we'll try this strategy as well. So what I'm going to do today is there anything else you want to say? I, I don't want to talk too much. I want it to be as much about you as it is about me. I want it to be more about you. More about me. Do you have anything to say? How's your mom? My mom's good. You remembered. I remember how everything. Thailand? Crazy, crazy. Maybe, I was, right? I was I spiritually saw so many photos. Spiritually awakened. Um, like, what yeah, was the, like a different what was the, human. What was the um, most awakening moment you had? Like, I was lying on a deck uh, uh-huh. in this bar, in this rooftop yeah. bar, which was like a very chilled bar. I can't really say more, uh, but it was super chilled vibes. And I just saw the Milky Way and galaxy and the stars were lightening up with different gods speaking to me. It was... It was outrageous, and uh, I just uh, felt the power of the universe. Eh? What did it tell you? The universe told me, Liz, to teach you another pattern. All right. So today, the world and I will serve it. I'm ready to receive it. I'm ready for you to receive it. I'm going to <laughs> give you this pattern hard. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> I'm going to... Cardi B, bro. <laughs> Good. Money, babies. <laughs> Yeah, money. Ooh, if I had money, man. Oh, first, I want like an apartment with regular heat. <laughs> yeah, it's not good to be cold. I want. I want some diamonds. I want some new clothes. I want a lot of things. Okay, so let, let it, let's get into it. Let me try and help you be the you that you've always wanted to become. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to go slow. The pattern that I'm going to teach you is a stock, right? It's a stock okay, stop, that has yeah. gapped, it's gapped up 20, 30% pre-market. Okay. And we're going to predict that it shouldn't hold its spike and it should go down. Okay. What because does the daily chart it, look like? Well, we're, go, we're going to go through hundreds, baby. We're going Ooh. to go through hundreds. 
Okay. This is your day of reckoning. All right. Okay. It's like bar mitzvah for Jewish people. Okay. I reckon I'm gonna understand all of it. I reckon you're gonna <laughs> understand all of it too. So let it's me uh, just go to desktop. Fill my brain with knowledge. I'm going to fill your brain with 995 knowledge. Stephen, I've got to just jump in here for a minute. Because I've heard you say this 995 (laughs) many times over the year and a half we've been doing this podcast. Where does that come from? That's got to be like some kind of British thing making fun uh, of Americans. Eric Eric Russell. um, Eric Russell was like a guy who I've obviously interviewed a few times. I caught him saying like 595 a few times. And I just picked it up from him. Oh, so you're just making fun of uh, the the trader Eric Russell? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad I cleared that up. Continue. Okay, so Liz, let's yeah. go through some charts. Okay. I'm going to teach you a strategy called the gap and crap. The okay. other counter strategy is the gap and go. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what makes a gap and crap and what makes a gap and go. So instead of taking 1% and 2% gains, you can take 10 and 15% gains. Okay. What gains would you rather take when you've got 25 trades left, baby? What, what? 15. 15. You'd rather take 15, wouldn't you? Because if you take 15, you'd beat that stupid DJ, right? Oh my and God. I can call him stupid because I'm never going to have to speak to him again. We're going to look at some charts, and I'm going to draw on them for you because I want you to understand this like the crystal maze. Okay? Okay. Let's go. C A P R. You can see this? It's like crap, but spelled differently. It is like crap, but spelled differently. <laughs> that is a good analysis. Now, I just want to point out, do you see anything on this chart that immediately stands out to you? Because I see, uh, I see that. Downward trending. Like this uh, is a multi-day run here, right? Okay. Well, this here is a multi-day run. It ran two days in this area. Okay. But it and came back down. Too. Right? Yeah. And since, the next one too. Look, this is what this is, is the exact setup I'm talking about. When it gaps up big, gapped up to three here, it came all the way down, right? Uh-huh. The next time it gapped up big, look at it, it gapped up big here, came all the way down. Next mm-hmm. time it backed up big, big, it came all the way down. Okay. You Are you seeing a pattern here? Yeah, it gaps up big and it goes down. Sometimes when it doesn't gap up big like here, it runs on this big volume. It runs, but if it gaps up big, it's got a history of just giving it all back. Every now and then it surprises people, but when it surprises people, it doesn't gap up big, right? Mm-hmm. That had the most volume. It had 12 million. It had yeah, and generally, that point again. exactly. You know more than the day we started. Yep. Right? You know I more never- than the day we started. So by teaching you nothing, I taught you a lot of stuff. You have taught me a lot of stuff. I never used to look at the daily chart, didn't understand it. Now I know, like, like, look at the spike, see how many there are, see what, what it does afterwards and check the volume. I know all that now because of you. Unbelievable. You little shepherd, you, you little shepherd following the star of Nazareth. You are a shepherd. I'm, yes. I'm a a German shepherd. You little, you little shepherd dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little shepherd dog. So you know when this stock gaps up, if it gaps up again, it's got a history of failing. Can we look at the interdailers? Yes. I'm so enlightened by your behavior and understanding. It is mind-blowing. Thank you. Now, the stock has a history of gapping up and coming back down, okay? Yeah. You see this this big run? Uh-huh. Pre-market. Yeah, big pre-market run, big pre-market spike. This shit looks scary, doesn't it? It looks pretty scary. The a lot of people are going to go... Me, lo- the, Sorry? Old me, the old me would be like, buy it there. <laughs> exactly. But what do you know that stops you from buying it? That it's a crapper. That it's a crapper. That it's got a history of gapping up and crapping. Mm-hmm. It needs exactly. A it needs a diaper. Needs a diaper. So, so, but but the, the question is, how, how would you play this stock? Well, I would um, climb up the pre-market stairs and slide but, but down into victory. Where, where would you where would your entry be though? Because I I have lost thousands thousands oh, by being early in this area, this pre-market area. I have lost thousands. 
Ooh. And it's taking me till now to avoid pre-market. So rule one is do not get your pre-market. And if you okay. do, if you have to, if you're obsessive and mental, go very small. I don't do it at all anymore. I've lost thousands. How, how much have I lost? Thousands. Thousands. So where's your entry here? Okay. We'll zoom in a bit. So you always want to wait for like where the high is in pre-market and then see if it, if once the market opens, if it breaks that level or like, let's say it enter, let's say it starts a little bit below, you wow. enter there and you're risking so basically off of that pre-market high, right? How did you, how did you learn this? Who's taught you well, this? I don't believe I taught you this. I tried to teach you this, but you kept on scalping. How have you learned this? No, but you got to understand that my scalping is to get me to the final round, you know? That's fine. But how did you learn this though? This is from really- you. I learned it from you. <laughs> I've like, also been really? I, like every single day I'm watching video lessons, webinars, um, anything that Beautiful. I can, YouTube lessons. Like I've been studying a Beautiful. lot for six months. The, the competition has um, motivated me a lot to study more. So, okay, perfect. Yeah. So let's do, I mean, cause I'm not, I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing here, although I do need a confidence boost, but it's more like you, you are really picking stuff up that I was trying to tell you six months ago. And it, it's like it's quarters. Crazy. I pick them up. <laughs> good. good. And if you pick up quarters, you get rich one day. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing is with this stock, right? And th this is the, I'd love to be able to zoom in here. I don't know if I can. I don't think I can, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, you would be ideally you, at the open. You don't know if it's going to spike or not, right? It looks like it's going to spike. Right. So you, you're really waiting for it to spike. And then maybe you're going to get some sort of like double top around here, mm -hmm. but it doesn't give you that. It just washes. And then when it washes, you kind of don't want to chase the weakness. So mm -hmm. unfortunately it's a bit of a no play, but you recognize that if you got that like double top in this area, like up here, mm -hmm. you would have had the perfect gap and crap. A, it's got a history of gapping and failing. And then B, you've got the double top. But we didn't get the double top, and the daily needs to match with the intraday, right? Starting to get confused. What? Okay, so you've got, you're looking for stocks that gap up and fail. Right, right, right. In, in terms of history on the daily. Yeah, yeah. You recognize that CAPR is one of these. Wait, are you trying to tell me that if this would have made a double top then it would match the daily chart? No, what I'm trying to say is you need to build uh, a case. Mm -hmm. You need to build an, a number of, you need to build a, a strong case in order to take a trade. So okay. if you want to short something, you need a number of files and you need a number of indicators in that case that are all short biased. You need a number of reasons that are all short biased. So on this intraday, on this intraday, it never, it never open the the open never touches the pre market high, so that's good. Yeah. So right. like, so basically, the daily chart shows you that it's a good short. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But intraday, you need a good entry. Like you need a good entry. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So I I would argue that you don't get a good entry on this chart because as soon as it opens, it just collapses. Right. So you don't want to be in pre-market because it could spike really high. You don't know what's going to happen pre-market. It could spike really high. You don't know, right? Yeah. So if it spikes really high, then you're, you lose lots of money. But then if it washes all the way down, then you're chasing. Like you've historically had a bad time doing. Weakness. I learned that you're from you. Weakness, yeah. Right? So, so if it spikes, you lose. If it goes down really hard, then you're getting a really bad entry because it's already dropped a lot before you get in. So you need, you, you need the chart to give you a good entry. So generally, if it, if it kind of like makes a double top, mm. like if it goes up, down, up, down, then, then you can risk off whatever the high of the day was. Or if it drops and comes back up, you can, and then it fails at the pre-market high, then that's a good entry as well. But you need, you need a good entry or you can't get in because you need good okay. risk reward, right? I understand. I get it now. Well, what you're trying to tell me is if you're looking at this intraday chart, if yes. you were to enter anywhere randomly and it's spiking down, no, it's it's crashing down hard, you won't get the best entry because it's just panicking. But if you... It's, yeah, this one find, did. Yeah, this one panicked way too hard. If you find a shitty daily chart, 
and then you wait for a nice double top, then you could risk off of the second double top. Yeah, Jason. perfect. Because you know historically it's going to fail, but you just need a good risk-reward entry. So if you short into the double top, you know that if it goes above the double top, then you can get out. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So you've got like, say you risk like 2% off the double top and then you'll make 10% when it fails the double top. Right. And, and that's, that's it. That's the strategy. But let's obviously, let's look at another example. Okay. And then see if you can get this one on your own now. All right. I like these two tops. I'll, I'll, tops. I'll like your understanding. Thank okay. You. Tell me what, tell me what you see. Okay, I see a, um, this is a daily chart, right? Six month chart. This is a yes. downward trending chart. It has more so, volume on that spike, a 70 million volume on that Does. spike than it ever had before. So this is, it's, it's confusing because it's downward trending, but it has more volume than ever, but it's still a red candle. That's all you, I've got. I lo- absolutely love that analysis. I love that analysis. So generally, when it's got high volume, it means that there's going to be a lot of buyers because in the market, there's more buyers than sellers. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Right? But maybe because it's a red candle, all the bag holders are selling off? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we look at the daily chart, let's look at, let's try and build the case. Is it a, is it a long or is it a short? Well, the high volume looks like it's a long, right? Long. But, but the downward the- chart makes it look like it's a short. Right. And the fact that it failed here when it gapped up, it failed here when it gapped up, it didn't hold its high here. When it gaps up here, it pro- it looks like it's going to fail. But because of the big volume, it might spike before it fails. It might give a good push up because there's so many buyers, but it's still a downward trend and chart and it still gaps up and fails every time. So my, my, so there's like three short indicators and one long indicator, which would make me think it might spike a bit at the open, but ultimately it'll still, it still should fail. It, it might go, it might go. You never know what the ship has, but it should fail. You know yeah? what? Yeah. You know, what's really interesting that I just got this second is what the- I've heard before of like, you have to make a case. But you just yes. said it has three short indicators, one yes. long indicator. I never, I never thought of it that way. So that's <laughs> mind blown. Is he mind blown? Yeah. I love that. I love that. I just blew your mind. Like the, like, like in Thailand where my mind was blown spiritually. Yeah. Now I'm just giving back and it's beautiful. So if you've got like three short indicators and one long indicator, that means that it may, it may go a bit long before it goes short. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. So let's let's just see what happened. Okay. Thank you for so, putting this work in, Stephen. It's it's just because I just want to serve the world. Cool. And uh, it's okay. I, I enjoy helping people. So let's mark this up and see. Exa- so we had a thesis based on the daily, right? Yeah. And we expected that the stock, based on the fact that it had three bearish indicators and one bullish indicator it may push before it fails mm-hmm. so it pushes up at the market in the pre-market then it comes down but then at the open it does it does have that strength because there's so much volume in the morning mm-hmm. but ultimately it never, it never breaks the pre-market fails. high either and it has a double top or not a double top but a, a lower high top it's continuously exactly. lower highs so what I would be thinking is because this stock pre-market looks like it's got a lot of volume, I'd be thinking I want to be shorting this risking off pre-market highs. So you want to be shorting around the 36 cents. And if you do, and, and you obviously want to be shorting like half a little bit before, half at the highs, maybe half just above, not like a third just but below the highs, a third at the highs, a third just above. And then if it goes above that, you cut it. So you'll split your position sizes into thirds to make sure you get a good average. Does that make sense? I know. So I can take three, I can make three buy orders at different. Like short orders. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, so if you want to short a thousand dollars, you don't want to miss the trade, but you don't want to be in too soon. So -hmm. you could say, I'm going to short, say, you know that it should spike at the open, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the volume. So you might say, I'm going to short 
if you've got a thousand dollar position or say you've got nine hundred dollars say i'll show 300 here i'll show 300 at the pre-market highs i'll show 300 above the pre-market highs and then the average will be about 36 Hmm. because it'll be like 34 36 and 38 so i'll have a 36 average i've never done that before that's cool it's a very it's a very good way of making sure you don't miss the trade, but then you're not in too early as well. Mm-hmm. So then if you've got the 36 average, you have to cut it if it goes above like 38. But but when you've got that 36 average, it means you don't miss the trade. And then ultimately what happens is what we thought would happen. You get the spike because of the volume. When it doesn't work because it's a shitty company with a history of failing, you ultimately, like you've gone from 30, you've got a 36 average. It goes down to 24. I mean, you've made... I don't know how much you've made a good 30% on your money there. Wow. 30% is better than 15. 30% is better than one and two. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You see the strategy. It's just, it's just looking at the positive and negative indicators and working out what's going to happen based on the, the short and long indicators. Cool. You want to look at another one? Mm-hmm. And then after I show you this one, then we're going to look at one that actually gaps and goes and we'll see if we can tell the difference. Okay. So AOI, AOI has got another day then. I'm not sure which day it is. This also gapped and fell, but let's see if I can pull up another one because I'm not sure which day we're looking at there. Let's look at DARE. DARE is an interesting one. And and again, DARE is... Supernova, previous supernova. Yeah, so we have the spike on 32 million volume. Now, I'm not sure about the float here, but ever since it went supernova, everyone who bought on this way up is now underwater. Right. So while it did go supernova, you see this big wick here? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it couldn't spike and hold. And then it's got, do you see the wick on this chart, this daily? Mm-hmm. It spiked and it couldn't hold. And the wick on this one, it spiked and it couldn't hold. So the one time it gaps up, which is on the day we're looking at, the chances are the 30, the 32 million shares worth of people that have, are in, in the sevens, eights, nines, tens, elevens, and twelves are probably going to get out in the threes. They're going to get out as much as, as fast as they can because they mm-hmm. bought up here and then they lost all of the money on the way down. Okay. Got Do you know it. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get it? It's just like, um, C-A-P-R. It's that same idea of it's yeah, spiking it, it, again, but people that are underwater are selling off. Yep, and and like I know that Tim Sykes says supernovas, once they go, they can go again. Mm. And like they can go again, but if it's already gapped up a bit and then and then it doesn't like generally what I've seen with supernovas, if they go again, like they need to clear all of these people out who are losing. So there's thirty two million shares worth of people who are now down because the stock's gone down. Yeah, so you it needs need to clear them out. Double volume. So, yeah, it needs double volume, exactly. So this is only 8 million volume. So it needs like 60 million volume. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not ever going to get anywhere near the 10s, 11s, or 12s. Got it. So, I mean, I don't know the float. You've got to remember, if it's like a 2 million float or a 3 million float, then the, then the volume doesn't really matter. Oh. Because it, like, the, float, the float's only 3 million. So it only needs 3 million, then it's a whole load of new people again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm so well, amazed saying- by so you're I'm saying so amazed by your progress. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Um, so you're saying that in the case of a previous supernova, if the float is low enough, then um, volume isn't necessarily as important of an indicator in terms of it like re-spiking. Yeah, yeah, because if it's so low. Because here, like, say it's a hundred, say it's a thirty-two million float, yeah. And it's that means that if there's thirty-two million volume here on this day where it's when supernova, then that means like pretty much everyone who bought in the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve is is like underwater and losing. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna it's gonna take thirty-two million just to get these people like out mm-hmm. with a small loss or a, or a medium-sized loss. Mm-hmm. But if it's a 2 million float, then you only need 2 million shares traded and everyone's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then it's more unpredictable, more anything can happen that, that way. Okay. But I, so, but we don't know the float, but anyway, generally let's, it looks based on history, the fact that the volume's not too high, the fact that you've got the wicks here, here and here, it looks 
looks like it's probably going to gap and fail again, right? Mm -hmm. So let's see what Dare did. Dare looked pretty strong at the pre-market. Um, let's mark it up. We had, we had this big kind of spike at the open. It looks pretty aggressive. And it's like, it's a tough one again. It's like, it's where do you get in here? It's very difficult. Generally for me, with stocks that I think are going to fail, I will short into like the first six, seven percent spike. So if, if, if say it's like, if like from the pre-market highs. So if, if the stock is at 310, I'll say what's seven percent of 310? I'd say it's, it's roughly about 360, 370, 380. And it should fail after a seven percent spike because people who are long buying at the open will take six, seven, eight percent profit. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. So like six, seven percent of three ten takes it up to about three seventy, three eighty. So we might have just missed it there. But if you're building it in thirds, you'll you'll go a third here, you'll go a third here, and you'll go a third up here. Mm -hmm. If it goes above here, you have to cut it. Okay. But as what happened is you'll get your first third entry at three fifty. You might get your second third entry at three sixty. You'll have a three fifty average, and then you're basically selling on the way down. You're covering your position on the way down. Very cool. It's very cool. Again, you're taking like 20, 30%. Can, can you show me how you calculate the percent of 320? How, what do I have to do? Basically, I, like, I've, I've historically tracked like hundreds of stocks. Uh -huh. And I've found that when they do spike at the open, they spike about 7% from the pre-market high. So you need to look at like 310. Yeah. And then divide it by 100 and times it by 7 and then add that on to 310. So you basically need, need to work out. Time. What do I do? You need to work out 10%. You need to work out 7% of what the pre-market high was. Okay. So 310, it should be, if I'm right, divided by 100 times by 7, and then plus 310. It'll give you like 370, 380. Divided by, divide 310 by 100. Yeah. Do I have a calculator? Let us see if I've got a cut. Wait there. I might have a calculator on the screen. We've divide yeah. through ten by a hundred. That's point zero thirty one. Then and times it times it by seven. Uh huh. What's That's that? Point two one seven. Say it again. Point two one seven. Point two one seven. So yeah. then you add that on, so then you add that on to 320 and you've got like three point, and then add it on to 310. Divided by a hundred is. No, so you, point. No, 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 no. What was the figure seven, you had before? Times seven. Yeah. Point, okay. and then plus it on to the 310, what it was on the pre market high. 310. 331. So that's where you want to be shortened into. And you see that it hit just above that, that 340 level. That's your 7%. Mm -hmm. it, it, it went above for one minute and came all the way back down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Let's, um, let's do one more and I'll let you talk me through this one. And then I'll show you an example of where to gap and go. Okay. So you can see the difference. So all of the charts are identical. It's, it's unbelievable. Like I, I should not be, I try, I try not to give this information away for free because it took us years to figure it out, but stuff it. Um, okay. If you can be disciplined, if you can be disciplined and not be stupid and you can cut your losses, it's a very profitable strategy. But so what do you see here? I see. It previously spiked on 15 million volume, um, but then it crapped. And it's a downward trending chart, but now it's up on record volume, but it's a red candle. So it's just like, what was it, tops that we were looking at? Yeah. So maybe everybody's selling off again. Exactly. So you've got the downward trend, which is bearish. Mm -hmm. You've got the fact that people should be underwater. Mm -hmm. from this supernova which is bearish mm -hmm. but you've got big volume which is which, which mm, is bullish. bullish so it's the same as tops you should expect a spike but yeah. then ultimately it should fail unless the volume is insane like 50 million 60 million mm -hmm. 
So let's see what happens. Again, I have no idea. Like I've not looked at these charts for years. It's not like I'm like setting you up with like trick questions. I, I, I have no idea what's coming next. Okay. So, so cap A really did spike. Uh, and the important thing to remember is it, it doesn't always work, right? So, so how would you have played this? So it spikes past a little past, um, pre-market highs. I, I would have entered, roughly about, at, yeah. um, I would have entered at a pre-market level as a short. Like I would not, high. yeah, pre-market high. Like I would have waited it for it to come back down. So, I mean, for me, I would be shortened into this. You say I would like topped yeah. here and then it topped here. Yeah. I would definitely be shortened the twos here. But definitely. that's a higher high. Only just though. You can see the wicks. I mean, yeah. it's a bit of a higher high, but you've it's got this, true. you've got this, you've got this, and you've got this. Yeah. Like that's three times it looks like it's topped. And then I would be playing this short. Maybe you can take some profits on the way down. Like just as you build into a trade and short, 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 you mm -hmm. also need to like cover some on the way down and take profits. Mm -hmm. Ultimately though, this one had a bit too much volume. It was a bit too wild. You have yeah. to be stopping out when it breaks through here. Yeah. This, this one's tricky because it has, it has high. one higher high, but then lower highs, but then it just ramps. Yeah, and, and that's the thing with trading. Like, it's not an exact science. It's not going to work every time. And that's why your risk reward should be so tight. So right. if you're shorting at, in the twos here, and then it breaks and goes through and you cover at 220, then you've lost, you've lost a few percent. Mm -hmm. But every time it works, you make like 10, 15%. This one, though, it was just a bit too mental. It was just a bit too much volume. Maybe the cannabis sector was a bit hot. And it did, like, ultimately, it did work, but you, you can't take that chance. Some of them will, you'll get faked out on. Mm -hmm. So yes. what I do is I don't cut me losses. I just average up and average up and average up sometimes because I'm stubborn. And then I'll take a huge loss when it goes to four. You've got, you've got to cut your loss here. You've got what, to. What, what's the point of being stubborn? I don't get it. It's just you get emotionally tied into a trade because it's real money. And say you've like, I remember last year I was like on the back of like, I'd been profitable the year before I was profitable. I was profitable two years ago, then I was profitable a year ago. And like, I was, I was getting to the point where I was making like a thousand a week. And then I just started feeling invincible and I just started thinking I can do what I want. And you mm -hmm. can't. And then you'll get one that day, excuse the language, and you'll lose five grand. You know, so you know got what? I to stay humble. In um in my trading, I'm really good at cutting losses, but like I'll set a risk level, right? It'll go like boop. It'll you know like maybe go a little bit low. I'll cut it, and then it goes. I'm always losing like ten cents a share. <laughs> always like that's I good though, and it, it's 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 totally fine to be wrong, but you've just got to play the maths. You've just and you've got to stick to the rules. And mm -hmm. everyone's I struggle with it. I was talking to, um, I forgot his name. He was on the podcast. You'll probably be watching this. Rolly or Huddy? Rolly. Nah, <laughs> Roland and Huddy are good at cutting losses. Rolly. <laughs> Rolly, nah. I love it. I'm sorry, Roland. <laughs> Roland and Huddy. Nah, I don't know, guys. He made like 30 grand and then he, he just struggles to cut the losses as well. Roland? But. No, no, Roland's got a cut and losses. Huddy's got a cut and losses. Yeah. It's one of my friends. He's been on the podcast. I forgot his name. But um, now let's look at... Sorry? Touche? Nah, stuff Touche. Don't, <laughs> don't even know who Touche is anymore. He's a no one. Don't even know if he's trading anymore. All right. He's a loser. <laughs> now now let's look at one that I is a cut yeah, because you need to see the difference. Like, it's easy to see the ones that fail, but you need to see the ones that go. So if you short one of the ones that go, you are going on a wild ride, and it's not fun. Okay. So let's look at VLXR and tell me what you see. It's it's a downward trending chart with record volume. It's bearish. Yeah. Bearish. Downward, downward. But look at the but, volume it's trending down, down on. It's like... A hundred thousand a day. Yeah. Right. But it has, and look it, at the volume on the day. Yeah. It has had like days where it goes up like two days in a row. 
I see it green two days in a row or three days, four days, and then that's it. Um, Why did it crack? It doesn't hold its highs though. Do you see these? Do you see yeah. these wick? It never holds its highs ever. And look what it did on this day. It, it totally threw away everything it, it gave. Yeah, it's a huge panic. It's like a it it almost looks like a morning dip by thing, you know, with the huge panic and the dip. I don't know why. On this day? No, no. I would say it gapped up, it ran really big, and then it gave it all back. Mm. Right? Because it opened here and then it, it looks like it's ran all the way to the top and then it's come all the way back down. Got which it. is what it did on this day, on this day, on that day. Mm. on that day on that day so basically whenever you see a chart and this is a really good lesson when even if it's a downtrend and chart if the downtrend is on like no volume and it's got big volume like this doesn't even matter do you know what i mean mm-hmm. this whole the chart doesn't matter because it's got such big volume compared to the previous days that anything can happen you you, you can't read the chart the daily when the volume is so big compared to the past Got it. So this read is anything can happen, but let's just like, there's no read on this chart because the volume's too big to read com- in comparison to previous days. Okay. But let's just see what did happen. Yeah, we had, um, it just went from one to four. <laughs> oh, one fifty to four. market or no, no, that's not. No, no, this is pre-market. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It just gaps, halted. This is a halt. And then it spiked all the way up to the 450s. And then everyone remember that it's actually a crap stock and it went all the way back down. Yeah. And that second candle is lo- a lower high. Oh, if you look at the top. Yeah, that one's yeah, a lower high. It's a lower high, but you just can't play this chart because when it's traded like, when it trades 400,000 in the opening like couple of minutes, mm-hmm. and it's normally trading like 200,000 a day. And it's spiking like crazy and halting. Like this is not a short. You just can't touch this. You've just got to be like, I've got no read from previous daily charts with similar volume because you've got to. You've always got to think like, what did it do on previous days with the same volume? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you have no example of this on this chart, so you just can't play it. Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. Let's have a look at another one because that one sucked a bit. Okay. FNGN. What do you think of this one? Actually, FNGN, I'm not sure if it's this day or this day. I think it's this day. We're, we're going to stay with it. FNGN, what do you think of this one? I think it's a multi-day runner, but it's bearish. Yeah, it runs here and here. It's a downward yeah. trending chart. That last big spike was on the same amount of volume that it has today, but it's obviously way lower. Yeah, it's definitely a downtrend in chart. The volume is high, but it's not mental. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would have thought this, I would have thought of this as like not a bad short. I would, obviously you've got to think what's the news. You kind of, you don't know how to read the SEC filings, but you should be looking at the SEC filings. You've got to think, is it in a hot sector? I'm, I'm just showing you the chart. There's actually a lot of other variables that you should take in, but these variables, the chart history and the volume are the two most important to start with. Then you'll look at like the SEC funds for warrants. Then you'll look at the news. Then you'll look at the sector. And Finjan Holdings looks like a bit of a bank, which is, or something like that. So it's a bit more tricky. I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, I would have thought of this as maybe it's, maybe it's a short. I, I wouldn't, I would be like, oh, this doesn't look like too bad a short. Mm-hmm. So let's just see what happens. Yeah, there's, there's very little volume pre-market. Um, so you, you'd be shorting the pre-market spike, right? You'd be shorting, where would you short? I would have shorted that second candle, I guess. That's a lower high, but then it just goes. It totally breaks that within a second. Yeah, I would be like, so that's, sorry, that's not a good drawing, but can I move it down? Kind of. This double top is the perfect short. So say yeah. you short in the 220s, 225s, comes down to the 210s. You take a little bit of profit because you want to pay yourself on the way. Mm-hmm. Then when it ramps up and breaks this high, you've just got to get out. So on this one, you would have shorted on the double top, 220. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you would have shorted some at 220. 
took a little bit of profit at 210. Maybe you would have took a third off of your position. Then when it comes back up and breaks through, uh, then you've just got to get out. Maybe it's a break-even trade because it's broke the high of the day. Right. So you haven't really made money. You haven't lost money, but you, you'll you'll maybe win like 60% of these, 65% of these. But but that's the importance of cutting your losses. Uh, let's take a look at FOSL. Awesome. I mean, immediately, immediately you can see how this has went. Yeah. Same it's as always. Record record volume. Right in 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 the chart is at multi year highs. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Actually. Volumes bullish. Charts bullish. Mm-hmm. So, so you're expecting this one to go. So now you're almost looking for an entry for it to go. Uh, and then we've got the rip pr- the day before, then tops a little pre-market, and then it actually washes at the open because it's gone. You've got to think it's gone from the 10 to the 18s in a day. So maybe like some of these people who've bought on the 10s to the 18s need to take profit, which is why it has come down. Uh, but then it actually ramps back up again. There's no entry here. Generally, you'd be shortened into a spike here. If you, you you just wouldn't take this, basically, you just wouldn't take this because it's record volume and it's multi-year highs. So why would you ever short this? Right. You've got the likes of Roland, who's thinking multi-year highs, huge volume. I want to go along this, and Roland will be looking for a good low entry. So he's looking for the double bottom here, the bottom. Then it starts holding. This yeah. is the type of chart that Roland buys here, and then boom, it rips up again. Mm-hmm. So this has got the bullish indicators rather than the bearish indicators. Um, do you want to do one more? And then we'll we'll call it because we've been going close to 45 minutes here. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Let's do one more. It's, do you want to do a gap and go or a gap and crap? Gap and go. One more gap and go. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Pixie. Okay. What do we see from Pixie. Pixie is a previous supernova that gave all of its money back. Um, it, it's the law, the bullish indicator is that it's higher volume this time. And so that's one bullish. Yeah. And the bearish is the bearish it, is like the supernova that gave money back. Um, yeah. and it looks like it's holding its highs. When it, yeah, I mean, it held it there. There it didn't really hold it. Here it didn't really hold it. Mm. it it's iffy because this day you don't know. It's, oh, mm-hmm. This day is, is the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, mm, uh, Apart uh, from the volume, it looks like it's not a bad trade. Looks it look, okay. It looks like a short if you don't look at that day. Yeah, t- to me it looks like a short. The other thing I'd say is like how much is it gapped up? It's gapped up. Because you want it to gap up a good 30%, 30, 35%. So if it gaps up 35%, whoever's been in it like in these days, they'll take profits. But if it's only up 10%, like this is up from the 250s to the, in an open at the threes. So it's only up about 20%. So people might be wanting to hold this one a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's up a lot pre-market, it's more likely to come down because people will take profits. If it's only gapped up a little bit, people aren't as inclined to take profits because it's not up enough to take profits yet. So it's more likely to go up. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So again, Pixie, Pixie is a potential short for me, but I'd be looking for the the double top and stuff. And, it, and I'd also be like, what's the news? What's the floor? What's, uh, what's the sector? But if we look at Pixie, again, you're looking... You're looking for that kind of pre-market high. We've got the pre-market high that you'd want to be shortened into. And I would probably be thinking, right, I'll take an entry at the pre-market high, maybe a bit below, maybe a bit, maybe a bit above. And if you want to be less aggressive, maybe just let the pattern form and you see how you've got, whoops, there's two ways to play this. If you want to be aggressive, short into the pre-market high, short before the pre-market high, short above. And then you're going to get stopped out when it goes above you. You've got to probably stop out at the, in the 380s and you lose. Mm-hmm. If if you want to be less aggressive and just let the intraday pattern form, 
it goes up. You've got the lower, you see how you've got a high here, then a lower high here, and then you've got like a double top in these two candles. If you short into the lower high here, you've got from 375 down to 325 to take your profits when it starts curling back up. Mm-hmm. For me, I would have probably been typical to aggressive. I would have shorted here, shorted here, shorted here in the three thirds. And I would have had to stop out up here and I would have just missed out and I would have took a two or a three percent loss. If you want to be less aggressive and just let the lower high happen on the end of day chart, then you could be short from 370 and you can be taking profits down here in the three tens and say you're risking 2%, but you're making about 20%. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So there's obviously some like really just to, just to, I'll stop sharing now. There's, there's some really obvious gap and craps where it's a big float. A lot of people are underwater. The volume's not too high. It's got a history of gapping and failing. The chart's downtrending. The, the news isn't very strong. That there you're like very easy textbook gapping craps. You're just praying for a good entry in a day. Then there's the more complicated one where the chart's not so downtrending. The float's a little bit lower. The volume might be a bit too high. These ones you need to be a bit careful on. Maybe with these ones, let just look for the lower high on the, on the interday chart. I will try my best. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's you, in there. You're, you're a different trader. I can't believe it. Where, where's the girl from? I, I'm a penny stock trader. I don't know what the hell am I doing? Episode five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, I was watching those again on my YouTube channel and it's amazing how far I've come. I think. Um, you stick to anything and you don't give up that's half the battle i don't know i don't know how you've um i I don't understand how yeah you had such like not in a bad way but you had such little growth for such a long period of time and then these past few months you've just rapidly accelerated i think it's just the the environment of the competition being a motivating factor you know, feeling that extra pressure that you don't feel on your own. Really? I think, yeah, I think paper trading and being in a competition is crucial to new traders to light their little fire under their ass and just be like, study your ass off and look at where you can go. Because like, honestly, like, I don't want to be a dick, but like, I honestly thought if she, I thought there's so much to learn. And if you've gone one, one year, one and a half years, and you still haven't got the basics, I was like, you shouldn't, you should just stop that in me head. That's what I thought. But then you've proven that with just having the right mindset and being motivated, like you can totally get this. And like, now you understand it to a whole nother level past so many other people. Yeah. Like you're so much better in advance now. Cause you were like, look at the daily chart, look at the daily chart, look at the, and it's in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, eh, the daily, eh, (laughs) but now I remember it. So I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. It's it's unbelievable. Like I'll meet you and I'll meet you in America and I'll give you a hug and be like, I'm so pleased. And I, and I didn't do that much. Honestly, like I've not been, I've not been a lot part of your experience. I've not been a big part of your trading. I was there in the beginning. And then I'm kind of there at the end. Everything else is all you. Thank you. Now, now Liz, every morning, cause I'll be, tra- I'm back trading fully now. Now that I'm back, I took a break cause I was just didn't have the discipline. Now I've took a break and I've got the discipline again. I hope I haven't done anything stupid in the last few days. Please text us and say, is this a gap in crap? Is it not? We've got 25 trades. We've got 30 days. Let's nail the gap in craps. I've taught you the strategy. You get the strategy, you get the entries, you've only got 25 trades, you've got a massive balance. I'm not against you. Shorten the entire balance. Just do it in thirds, like I said. Do it in thirds and take the 20% gains. Take them. Don't scalp the 1%. Take the 20% gains and make that big account bloody multi-millions. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And I'll, I'll text you, this is one, this is one, this is one. You text me, this is one, this is one. It's, if it's up 20, 30% and say it's got a history of gapping and filling, or I'll be like, the volume's too big. Do you know what I mean? Sounds good. Sounds like a winning team. Sounds like we're both shepherds now. And we're both following the Nazareth star. (laughs) Sounds like two shepherds. I felt like a sheep before the episode. Now I feel like a shepherd. (laughs) Awesome. 
Thank you for being cool and understanding. I did take a hiatus. I appreciate that you're cool and you're still me friend and stuff. Always. Always. We're like boyfriend and girlfriend, but brother and sister. I'll go with brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in love with me sister. It's weird. I don't know how to take this. Don't and, tell mom. Okay. I, I have a song for you. Isn't she lovely? <laughs> she scalped her way to the top. No one thought that she'd be here with her coach drinking beer. Isn't she lovely? I hope she wins. <laughs> Hi, this is Latrina from Frederick, Maryland, and I like to clean my kitchen while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast. You can register to win prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Frederick, Maryland. 